Hello and welcome to the Red Leaf Card, your home for Canadian soccer news and views. To all the Canadian soccer fans out there, Happy New Year's to everybody for 2024 season. And I hope everyone had a great holiday in 2023. But now we're starting fresh in 2024. And we have a guest on our show who is now starting fresh with Canadian Soccer Daily. He's also from the, he was from the 13th Man Sports and for 49 Sportsnet. And now he's starting fresh with Canadian Soccer Daily. His name is Thomas Hewitt. Nice to having you. Thanks for having me on again, Jacob. And, and a happy new year to, uh, to you too. Yeah, it's to all the Canadian soccer fans out there with a new year to all. And we are talking about to uh, about this transfer market for Canadian soccer. Also, some news that just kind of been a question mark what the, uh, the commissioner from the Canadian Premier League of what the future would be like for the Canadian Premier League and also what our 2024 predictions would be like on the road. So the transfer market has been big for this year in Canada. And just for example, Tayshaun Buchanan actually going to enter Milan. That was one of the biggest ones for Canada to go. And just like, for example, for a big names, like, for example, if Lonzo Davis going to Bayern Munich, I know lots of people are always say, Lonzo Davis is still eyeing for Real Madrid. That's still one of his goals. So what was your uh, reaction on Buchanan actually going to Inter Milan? Well, I think it is huge for so many reasons. I think getting more Canadians in these uh, top European clubs is just so big for uh, getting our talent into these bigger teams in Europe, seeing what Canada really has to offer. And for Inter, this is a player that they've wanted since the Qatar World Cup. This is someone who's been on their wish list, who they've uh, courted many times, I'm sure. Um, and for me, having if a Canadian is on the is the number one on a transfer list of a club like Inter Milan, that that really does mean so much um, to the growth of the game in this country. It's going to expose a lot of people to uh, to to Canadian soccer because if you look at what some uh, the Syria uh, just posted a like an illustration where there's a I think uh, a drawing of him when he was with Sigma FC. So it's just at the top, it seems big, but the effects that transfers like this will have on the uh, grassroots side of the game too, it's huge. And it, it, you know, tells Canadian kids that like they can dream of playing for Inter Milan. They can uh, dream of playing for Bayern Munich. And this is definitely the biggest uh, Canadian transfer since Alphonse Davies went to Bayern Munich. So it's, it's so big in so many ways. And I'm really happy for Tejon. And, and also, for example, Portland has signed a defender that played for Inter Miami who won the League's Cup. It's Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's it's also a big one. Definitely. It's a steal, really, for Portland because Inter Miami, I assume, I don't know what they were really thinking because Kamal Miller is one of the best defenders in, best defenders in MLS. I don't think that's up for too much debate, really. So to see him uh, be in an environment, maybe in Miami, they really weren't, you know, treating him as they should because they'll probably be bringing in some sort of uh, A-list center back uh, over the winter if we know anything about that club. So Portland, they're going to probably pair him with another Canadian, Zach McGraw. So that's going to be an interesting combo to look out for. Um, as they'll have experience together, I'm sure Zach McGraw can benefit a lot from that. Um, for Kamal Miller, you're definitely on a, a team that's not on the same level as Inter Miami, but I'm sure that he will be uh, quickly emerge as one of, the, of their uh, top players in in the rotation. Yeah, and also when you think about Inter Miami, also they're just been announced from a few and like a months ago that Suarez, Luis Suarez, is going to be with Inter Miami, 
And also, they had big name players, like a even a fullback, which was also a big name that played for Lionel Messi. And you have a big, big names coming in for Inter Miami. And th this team might be a big powerhouse for the upcoming season for Major League Soccer. Yeah, I think it's hard to see this team not going deep in MLS or winning League's Cup again. And they also have the CONCACAF Champions Cup. They have a buy into the round of 16. Um, and it really seems like this team is about to uh, cause some chaos in the North American soccer landscape just because it is unprecedented what they're doing. You look at even the LA Galaxy of the early 2010s and late 2000s with Beckham and all the, the stars that they brought in, but that is still somehow not even close to what Miami is doing. You got obviously Messi, Suarez, then there's Alba and Busquets. And you look at when Alba, Busquets and Messi came in last year, how that elevated all these other players, your Robert Taylors, your Benjamin Kramaskis, and they're only going to become better. And as far as I know, Miami doesn't even have that bad of an academy system either. So it, it seems as though they kind of have a monopoly on all the talent coming into MLS right now. Uh, is that good for the league? Maybe around the world, yes, in terms of actually inside the league. Maybe not. It would be good if all that talent was a bit more spread out. But still, this is a super team that we've never seen before in North America. Yeah. And it is exciting. It will be exciting. Yeah. Even it's going to be really exciting for Major League Soccer uh, versus Liga MX, of course, in the in the CONCACAF Champions Cup. And not just that, even for Canadian Premier League teams in the also versing in the CONCACAF Champions Cup would be for example, Orlando versus uh, Calvary, but they are going to be playing in Vancouver Islands. That, that's one of the biggest deal for playing at home. And yeah. Yeah, it, it's a bummer for uh, Calgary out there, but still, it's on Canadian soil. That's a good, good sign for that. And you think about the Canadian Premier League right now, all, all the teams now trying to sign players, but starting with Atletico Ottawa, there's a lot of changes coming in. There, there's been a lot of changes in in the transfer, but right now, Atletico Auto just signed basically a former Atletico Auto player, then played for Valor FC, and comes back to Ottawa. It's and it's Matt Breening. Yes, Matteo Di Bruyne is one of probably one of the two biggest Canadian Premier League free agents uh, in this offseason alongside Manuel Aparicio who is obviously rumors swirling about his destination but Debrian, uh this is the guy that Ottawa has wanted for so long um, for the last couple of years now you see the fans online all uh, telling him how great it is if he came home and he has and although I'd be interesting uh, it'd be interesting to know if he had any offers abroad and if those were, because based on him signing with Atletico Ottawa, I have to imagine that there was no kind of big offer, big chance, either in MLS or abroad that he thought was, was valuable enough. And even if he did get one of those, I like that he's kind of betting on himself and staying in the Canadian Premier League. He's a huge talent. And for the CPL to retain him, uh, that's big. He is definitely one of the faces of the league now after winning U21 player of the year he's just I mean some of the goals that he scores he's got I think back to back years now where he scored one of the uh, best goals of the year he's just a human highlight reel on offense and defense and I think for Ottawa this is a player that can really uh, enhance what they can do on the field they've been doing one of their parts of their kind of collapse in the latter parts of last year was they couldn't really they were uh, stifled a bit attacking from different channels and they could really only go through the middle with Oli Bassett but with Matteo Di Brienne there's someone on the uh, on the left wing that brings so much more to the team and I think they're going to be really dangerous next year it's a bit strange to say that after only one signing but I'm sure that Fernando Lopez has more uh, more 
planned for this offseason. Yeah, and also that um, they re-signed Maxine Tissot. That's also something that is a key player for Atletico Ottawa. And right now, what you uh, what they've actually lost is um, one of the, one of the big player Johnny Dos Santos, who's now playing. He's going to enter Kashi front for a second division league in India. Yeah, I Dos Santos, I think was uh, was an interesting for them last year. I I wouldn't say that he was as good as he was at Pacific. I think Ottawa. I mean, as a whole, the front line, the offense did struggle a bit last year. I. You can't really fault to Santos, but he um he definitely wasn't up to how he played at Pacific, which was a very good winger, and that's what Ottawa brought him in for. And maybe he came up a little short. So all in all, that that probably not only does it open up more room for DPN on the left side, but it, it does definitely mean that Ottawa has has some more coming. Yeah, and also Jean Ariel Assi is also free agent for also. There's also a lot of players still, like for example, Sean Melvin. It'll be that's also you know, two players that are kind of interesting to find to uh, sign for the Canadian Premier League. And yeah, and Asi, I believe, is going back because I believe he was a loan player. He was on loan at Cavalry in 2022. I think he's going back to Montreal now after the year he had, where he. Back to back years in the CPL where he was pretty impressive. I've got to imagine that Montreal uh, takes a, a much uh, longer look at him to for their MLS roster. Yeah, and I, I, want, I wonder where Sean Melvin would actually go to, but it no matter where he might go is maybe maybe in the West area for for the Canadian Premier League. Yeah, maybe. Uh, or he might he, go to the USL potentially he's he's a good backup goalkeeper in the CPL he is someone that you know can step in and will deliver pretty good performances week in week out um it's I'm a bit surprised actually I was a bit surprised to see that Ottawa let him go because I think the tandem of Ingham and him was pretty good but I I'm sure maybe it just something to do with them wanting to shake it up a little bit uh there are a few teams that could use the services. I think you look at a Vancouver FC, perhaps they let go of um, their backup goalkeeper. Um, I forget what his name is, but they let they Zielinski. let go of him. Yeah, Zielinski, thank you. Um, they let go of him, and perhaps maybe Melvin might fit in there behind Cal Irving. Um, there, there's, a, I'm sure that he will find a job because he is he is a pretty valuable player. Yeah, and I hope that. Um, there's going to be a lot of uh, signings for Atletico Auto that might be big players for Atletico. They've been they've been true for some of the players, but Calvary FC is a great great roster for this upcoming season. I do like how the Calvary FC did. They've just signed. Uh, I know they signed Michael Harms that. Played for Calgary Foothills, but they signed Diego Gutierrez, which is a steal from Valor FC, and also Lenton Brooks from Melbourne Victory. That's that's also something that is really um, something is a good steal from Calgary FC from good to good two signings. One hundred percent, it is uh, Cavalry. I, you know, them having the Champions Cup. That's immediately a big selling point for players coming to Calvary. Um, and Gutierrez, I'm sure, just saw that and knowing the player that he is, which I, I believe is one of the most underrated midfielders in the CBL, um, that probably was the deciding factor for him. And he stays he stays out West. But yeah, th- this is a huge signing for them. Um, their midfield, uh, very good. But having another person that can attack in there, they usually play in the four two three one with um, Daly and uh, Trafford as defensive midfielders. I think being able to play maybe a four three three and you have Gutierrez in the middle because he can play on both sides. He's obviously uh, a set piece master too. He can do so many things, and I think this really does benefit Cavalry to have 
that extra person, especially because knowing that they're going to be playing uh, some uh, more games and more big games, I think it makes it even more of a crucial signing. Um, so the, this this was huge for them, getting Gutierrez. Yeah, it's going to be... Um, it's what we're seeing now from Calvary FC. It might be actually a good good roster for this upcoming season. And it, it's a... It's something that um, we we need to see on see in the season uh, for the upcoming season, and now Forge has not signed anything, but they still have a good roster. They've won the playoffs for the Canadian Premier League, and right now, who they're versing in the I know that uh, lots of people already heard what happened in the CONCACAF Champions Cup, who they're versing is Chivas. It's a big signing and something he's played in Real Madrid. He played in Manchester United. It's a big yeah. signing. It's a real big signing that they're going to be versing in the CONCACAF Champions Cup. That's something that Forge FC fans maybe should have a great, great watch in this match. Yeah, uh, Chicharito immediately uh, levels gets Chivas, you know, to level up a bit. Um, then there's also the rumors of them signing Cade Cowell, who's kind of this young up-and-coming superstar um, from the San Jose Earthquakes. So if they get both those players, this is a much more difficult task for Forge. I think at first glance, before they made that signing, you might look at this and think, you know, it's doable, or at least it can be very close. But with Chivas... Uh, bringing in Chicharito and potentially Kate Cowell, it's go- Forge is going to need a lot. They're going to need all their guys to be ready to go. Um, one a bit of a worrying thing though is that now they've lost Wu and Spasias, and we don't know necessarily where he's going to go. Most likely MLS and Manuel Vitz reported that it's Nashville SC that is uh, in hot pursuit of him and potentially his choice too. So. There's Forge is going to need, yeah, everyone has to be healthy. Uh, they're going to need to bring in a couple new signings, I'm sure. Again, with the allure of the Champions Cup, it shouldn't be too difficult, but still, um, you would hope that if they want to uh, really compete and make make a, a, a mark in this competition, like they did with CONCACAF League, um, that they're going to have to bring in a couple more guys because, yeah, Chicharito was huge. But him coming to Hamilton, again, big for the game it's just another way to market this really uh which is big and also they've also made a uh a transfer for manager car james he goes to aluhense who's basically has the advantage uh for winning and this is a team that won the central america cup that gets the advantage in the CONCACAF champions cup kind of something that questions on this transfer market for Forge FC fans. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a strange transfer, and it kind of makes you wonder about where Bobby Smerdiotis is with the club. When Magikar James joined, he said uh, about how, you know, Playing under Bobby is something that, you know, he knew that he wanted to do. He was he played for Sigma FC, and that's obviously Forge's uh, training ground, pretty much. Um, their best top developer. So him leaving, it's obviously, it doesn't confirm anything. It would just be a, it's just speculation, obviously. But thinking of maybe where James leaving he came in for Smyrniotis. Is he also leaving because maybe Smyrniotis is the way, on the way out too? It'd be a bit strange to have the Champions Cup, but you never know, right? But it is it is it's a big loss for them because he was he was quite good last year. Yeah, and also, and it's always the question of of Forge FC uh, in their transfer market of who they, uh, who they assign for for um, uh, for for him. Like for example, there is. There's a lot of players could basically uh, back up him for for Forge FC. For example, Daniel Henry. That's also one that he's a free agent for 
and he played for Halifax Wanderers. And you have, and I hope that a lot of players that they will try to find will actually be a big star for for FC. But right now it, they're on the clock for one more month to basically sooner or later play for the CONCACAF Champions Cup and the time is on right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, as you say, one month and that is, that's a big factor with this offseason. Obviously, I believe they'll still be able to to sign people right up until the CPL season just because, you know, they're a CPL club. But um, yeah, the clock, the clock is ticking, as you say. Yeah, in mentioning Halifax Wanderers that Daniel Henry played, um, as known as they've they've had kicked out a lot of players. Ryan James, for example, is one of them. Mohamed Omar just was a free agent, and he goes to San Antonio FC. And this and Theo Colomb is no longer. There's a lot of players that have left. Like for example, Christian. Campania, and this t- team did really well in in the previous season. And look, I think Halifax Wanderers is going to sooner or later try to find good players and see how it goes. And it ha- and it has to be a, a roster that basically has to fit in. I think that's what they have right now. They have a good. Um, they have a good. Uh, manager, coach, you would say, and it is really well. Knows how to sign good players and get along. They've made it to the playoffs. They came third, and as noticed, I feel like the fans always um, know that they have the best uh, managing for it. So they they had Jordan Prezuev. That played for TFC. That was a great. That was great loaning for Halifax Wanderers, and this is something. Right now, they have to find who, who's on the clock, uh, who, like who's who's on the free agency, who's a good signing, and what, it, it is going to be, something for Halifax to see who they sign. Yeah, uh, they said that they wouldn't be signing or they wouldn't be announcing any signings until January 31st. So, you know, we can all remember that date uh, and keep it in mind for uh, when judging Halifax's offseason. There there were uh, quite a few names that left, um, that went out the door. I think it was mostly free agents, uh, including Daniel Henry, um, which really considering how much he actually played for them isn't that big of a loss. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I yeah, think he that... he really didn't he didn't play that much as a starter, and mm-hmm. he was usually played in the bench. It is kind of a big uh, low for Daniel Henry. I would assume yeah. that he played for Halifax Wanderers, and I hope there is going to be a team that will um, make him um, um, su- surprisingly um, thrive, and and hoping it comes well. Yeah, I do hope so. I definitely. Um, yeah, with Halifax, you know, there's there's options on the table. They still have guys like Nimic and Caligari under contract, which is which is big. I still think that they need another striker because I feel that Thiago Coimbra is very good, and obviously for you, 21 minutes, they're going to need him because, quite frankly, they don't really have the depth of uh, U21 players that other clubs have. Um, but I think. There are definitely still some needs if they want to replicate that third place finish and even go a step further. There's going to have to be big signings. You know, there's a rumor of Aparicio as um, Joshua Healy from Munner's notes as uh, as reported. There's so that that potentially is on the table if that is indeed true. That immediately is a huge shakeup in the CPL. Um, I I definitely think that uh, Halifax Halifax there's Geyser definitely does have some pull, I think, with it Ontario too, especially with his connections to Vaughn, giving those players opportunities. You look at a Massimo Ferran who had eight goals and I think four assists last season. Um, so it's definitely um, it's definitely 
an off season that is still developing because I'm sure that there is more up that uh, Derek Martin has to offer. Um, just depends on who it's going to be. Well, at least they're they're a team that does really well in developing players, and they made it to the playoffs. They had, yeah, and also if mentioned on the second season on the island games they were finalists that's some also something but that was under Stephen Hart also so that's this Halifax Wanderers is actually in my opinion a good team for developing also yeah in this definitely game Premier League definitely uh, yeah Pacific FC also has also been kind of a big surprise of of the season they've not been signing any players and right now it's it is going to be a long long season of who they're going to announce for their roster and it's closed yeah pacific and what was the reaction like what's your reaction right now of pacific fc pacific um you know i i definitely say again as you know as you said they have not really done anything last season uh they you know they brought in a lot of names and pacific pacific always has a strange season because they always do this thing where they are the absolute best in the first half and then and it's not just will... that it's not just that about pacific fc there's been sources that uh Aparicio might not be part of the team yeah, Aparicio, then you've also got to consider another free agent that was so big for them last year. Or not a free agent, but other clubs are gonna to want to are gonna to want to sign him or yeah, Valor get a chance for him for him is Amon Salouf. Valor FC is interested. That I'd have heard. Yeah, then there's uh you know, they're gonna to need to bring in it the roster definitely needs some work and you need to find a way for Pacific. Their goal has to be how can we create a team that is as competitive in the first half of the season uh, and that remains going into the second half? Because that's been their big issue. That was what dropped them from first to fourth in the last season, which was a notable drop-off and one that Pacific is its kind of starting to become a tradition on Vancouver Island. So they need a, a roster that's good for the whole season. They're needed to bring in probably a few more veterans, uh, but that that club's mission, and you know, James Merriman has said that their top priority is still, you know, develop youngsters, and we'll just see how that might factor into their signings because I'm sure there will be some U21s, but there will have to be uh, experienced guys, very talented guys, if you are to replace someone like Aparicio or Amon Salouf. Also, having this, uh, even when talking about Pacific FC having struggles. It's also Valor FC having struggles to win games, and they've not done well, but they've been doing well for signing players. Yeah, I mean, arguably that's a bit outweighed by the players that they haven't signed, your Gutierrez's and your DBN's, but bringing back Dante Campbell was pretty big. That's um, that's a good, good deal for them. Uh, you've got Taz Mordecaitis, who really fills in a role that no one had last year, which was a good, durable center back. Um, then you've got Jordan Freya. Uh, yeah, Jordan Freya, who has CPL experience. That's uh, that. That's in TFC two experience past year. He scored a few goals. That's more of a a bit more of a question mark than a guy like Mordecai, who's CPL proven. Um, then there's Sean Hundall, who obviously has a relationship with Dos Santos, played with Valor during the Island Games, is a good striker if he's actually played. So I think that they're doing better than some people might think, but at the same time, it's going to take a lot to replace your Debrians and Gutierrez's. And of the tactics of of their offense also my, is also the also saying that if they could use these uh, players it, it's just like for example William Accio also that they've transferred he played for for a little while in Europe and then later Calvary FC yeah, uh, takes him 
yeah, uh, one of Valor's, you know, just big problems is their old players, uh, or players that used to play for them, I should say, they go on and become big names in at other CPL clubs. Ali Musi, Marco Bustos is now in Europe, both played for Valor uh, at one point. So it just, yeah, and, and Akio, as you say. So it is just a problem with retaining players guys, players for them because if they could, I think they'd be a lot more competitive. Yeah, and as mentioned for the Vancouver FC, even Vancouver FC that has not actually signed any players and who they basically get out is, as noticed, Sean Handel, who's now with Valor FC, as noticed, we've mentioned, Nathiel St. Louis, who played for York United, and uh, Jeremy Zelensky, who was a backup goal. He only played one one match because Callum Irving, who injured himself during the pregame, so not not really that much of of players that got out from Vancouver FC, but it will be questions of how how Vancouver FC will try to basically manage of signing players for the season. Will it be a big surprise of Vancouver FC fans for how it will be for their upcoming season? I really think that if there is a big player that we see for Vancouver FC what they sign. Um, I think Vancouver FC might have a chance for being maybe top five. I would definitely agree with that. I think last season we saw Vancouver get really good right at the end. And if you just took the second half of the season, if those final 14 games were the entire season, I believe Vancouver would have made the playoffs and relatively comfortably. There's a lot of loan deals uh, that came in for them in midseason. But I think what Ashton Goppy is building is very promising. I think you look at Vancouver as a market is a very appealing market to play in. There's a lot, a lot going for it. So them being silent for now, I, I don't think is too much of a problem, given that they do have you know, a lot of good players under contract. I believe Cal Irving and Caden Chung are both under contract there. So that's that's uh, two crucial players that are locked up for next season. Um, but they were able to get a guy like, you know, Renan Garcia, who's experienced basically everywhere. Um, then they also signed in midseason an intriguing uh, younger guy, Vasco Fry, who I think um, could be quite good and uh Ivan Mejia too didn't play much but he's he's pretty good too so Vancouver given who them who they've been able to um persuade to come in the past a guy like Alejandro Diaz I wouldn't be too worried I think I think something's coming for them yeah and also Vancouver FC does have a good roster that is under the 20 age for example yes yeah Tahid also uh James Cameron um and Bakar also. Mm-hmm. But um, as noticed, you at Vancouver FC, I, I know Vancouver FC has been outscored. They had a terrible season with Atletico Auto. I hope that Vancouver FC does not see, uh, don't um, have a big blowout in their, in their matches ever again. But I don't think they will. I, no, I think I don't. I don't hope so. But we know Atletico Ottawa did have a blowout once from Valor FC. That, that was something um, that you know, is disappointing for Atletico Ottawa fans. But um, there is even, for example, York United four nil was one of those. But we're. I think that where we're seeing in, Can- in Canadian Premier League when when we see big goals and a big blowout. It is something. It is something. But I hope that upcoming season we'll see more goals happening in, with big signings. So Val, so Vancouver FC uh, hoping for for maybe late in the late month they will um, make an announcement of a signing that will attra- maybe attra- see what is attracts them of 
Vancouver FC has a good signing. Maybe they might make it to the playoffs. Yeah, I honestly wouldn't be too surprised if they did emerge as a as a good CPL team. Maybe in the next season, maybe sneak a win in the Canadian Championship or something like that, and just kind of continue to work their way up. Yeah, and build on uh, their them. They're and still, you know, an expansion club, right? Still a very young club, so still learning. Just like Atletico Ottawa used to be, and mm-hmm. and York United, the final one. Um, something that has been big from it's got a lot of attraction right now, and it's shock. It's shocking lots of fans what is happening in York United. They've just signed uh, Denis Saladinovic who played in Spain, he, and also Juan Cordova, Chilean, yes. Chilean national player and also Canadian national player who had experience from the national team, um, just came back from the first division league in Chile. And now some, some surprises that fans are really shocked that maybe York United will make it to the playoffs, maybe improve. Yeah, I mean, I think this was going to be, it was always going to be an interesting offseason because York has the new owners. They're still probably uh, working on, you know, their list of CPL contacts. Uh, and the first two signings are not CPL guys. They're, they have experience in for Solanovic in Europe and for uh, Cordova in South America. Very vast experience and very valuable experience. So I think we might see a lot more of kind of players that aren't necessarily CPL seasoned uh, come in. Cordova has Canadian citizenship, so him qualifying as a domestic player is huge just for, you know, obviously CPL has some weird kind of rules in terms of roster building, what you can and can't do. Um, but I do think that it is it is shaping up to be more promising. I think York, although maybe not bringing back guys like uh, your Paris G's and Jeremy Gagnon Laparais was disappointing. I think it could have been a lot worse. You still have Austin Ricci, who I think was huge last year. You still have a couple U21 guys. And all in all, it's, it is shaping up to be better than a lot of people thought it would have been. I think you're right in saying that. Yeah, and also mention about uh, that we're out was also even the one that maybe like Valor also even got um, Taz, people forgetting how it is. Yeah, and Paris G is also one of them. Um, it, there were also, like for example, John, even Jonathan Gretz and Michael Petrasso, Jeremy Gagan Lapare is also one of them. I think those players were actually good, but it is going to be a question of where Lapare is going to be going, but some people might say, hey, there's a pro- maybe he might go to Ottawa. Maybe. Um, with experience with the Ottawa Fury, that certainly seems like a possibility. Uh, I think I think he would fit in quite well in Ottawa, maybe alongside Alberto Zapater in their defensive midfield. But, you know, the thing is with Zapater is that we know why he was criticized because he wasn't getting around the pitch that much. Um, whereas Gagnon Lapare does so much uh so that is that's definitely would be a huge signing for ottawa and something that would you know he knows the city he would fit in quite well i think yeah i think that um i know like atletico ottawa oh got critic was gained criticism from the like the players were getting um a lot of questions of who has a better lead leadership in it who's 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 most like better of being the captain? Uh, and Nathan Mingo basically uh, said that uh, during his uh, conference, it, it, during the time that they were versing uh, York United. Yeah, that was uh, to be in the room for that one. That was pretty shocking. I'm very that like that really was. Uh, you know, he sounded off when he said that. Um, I think. He would be a good captain, actually. I think he probably fits that role the best. Um, 
but you know maybe a guy like Bassett who kind of leads by example and has been there for a while would also would also work either way I I would anticipate a bounce back from Ottawa yeah and like I've I've I did I did say about um about Atletico Ottawa if you if you want and I think we've uh, mentioned about Baloo Tableau was one of the biggest loss for uh, for them that why they they've transferred him to second division Turkey that was something but um, it would be it would be um, if they had Baloo Tableau still and I think that Athletic Wildwood would have been more would still be better and make it to the playoffs alongside with Baloo Tableau but it, it does question if if they're willing to uh, sign him back for the maybe the upcoming season, or or basically um, the other year other seasons that he's a free agency. But right now, I think I think uh, if they signed him right now, it's going to be too. Uh, they wouldn't be willing to uh, sign him of because of the money of of his uh, that he's worth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that Atletico Wadwell also uh, the other teams of seeing um, how they sign and see some shockers of players who they sign, but also seeing what's what's next for um, for the Canadian Premier League that um, was kind of something that is really something what the commissioner said on in his press of deciding is the east and western conference for the future of it and it does really kind of um really think that is the commissioner kind of basically changing things around like because um even for example he was at the play he was at the playoff finals and basically said well, what the future was maybe it was promotion relegation even second division league and now he flip-flops in deciding maybe eastern western conference might be the the future for the canadian premier league so is is the commissioner kind of trustworthy for this one or is this one the right one um yeah i i think he I think we can trust him with this. I think as someone who worked in Major League Soccer, at like near the top of Major League Soccer for one of its big growth periods, I think he knows how how to run the league sustainably. I think East and West Conference conferences make up a big part of that. The travel fees on the CPL will be like huge just considering You've got Halifax flying to Vancouver Island and vice versa multiple times a season. And then there was that playoff game between them too. It's just something that I think is necessary for the league going forward if it becomes bigger too. Some of the traveling in the CPL really, it just it is too much. And you can still have Eastern teams play Western teams, but just fewer times I think it would be better. It would ease, ease the players too. Yeah, and and also when I mentioned Eastern Western Conference of of it, um, League One Ontario also had Eastern Western Conference in in their uh, past of uh, systems, and now you look at there's right now so many teams, they're they decided to change the system, they decided promotion relegation, but it is going to be a question mark of the Canadian Premier League if they have more teams like uh 22 teams in, in the future for the canadian premier league does that decide maybe promotion relegation system will work yeah i mean 22 would be would be a lot i don't know if there's 22 markets in canada that could support a, a pro sports team like like that but um yeah i know that it, uh, major league soccer has more than that yeah um but uh i i think i, I think i think it makes sense but Promotional relegation is is 
it should be talked about because I think the CPL really can kind of step to, like it could it would captivate a lot of people's interest is what I'm saying in North America if they became the first professional North American soccer league to implement promotion relegation and probably first North American professional sports league as a whole uh, to to do that and while I think it could work and I think it would be very cool. I personally would prefer to seeing Eastern and Western conferences before that because I just think the, the just the state of soccer in Canada right now, I would be worried that owners uh, who don't necessarily know all that much about the sport would think, okay, we're going to put, we're, so we're paying a big expansion fee and we don't even know if we're going to be in the division that makes the most money because it's right now where we're at with soccer in Canada, we're still at the point where not everyone is buying into the traditional systems. And I think the traditional systems would be good, like a promotion relegation, but at the same time, we want people to buy into this league and that's got to be the number one, uh, the number one objective right now for the CPL. So at the moment, Eastern and Western conferences, I just think, would it should be put in place before. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I agree. Uh, basically, agree. Uh, I've been thinking about this, um, and I did have some hard times about this. Of would promotion relegation work, or we just go for Eastern and Western conference? Um, but I would say if I would say I would say this uh, about about it like eastern western conference is not bad for the canadian premier league in the future but if if now the if ownership does really well in fine in the league of financing uh their teams really well they're all good and doing really well in in their budget for for it it does and i think that sooner or later we might see a system for promotional relegation and and how it does but i think it's going to take long for how how the league does right now because no matter of fact is it, it's not doing well of financing right now it, and everyone knows it they they lose a lot of money every single time for the first 5 years but maybe in, if the if the Canadian Premier League does really well in in the next upcoming years, we might see that um, do well for it. But we've seen Valor FC; they've not done. Uh, they've lost money for the first five years. Also, other other teams lost. But we 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 just basically have to see how it does well in in the next next two decades. Yeah, I mean, I think. CONCACAF is going to be a big part of that. How well they do in these CONCACAF competitions. Are there going to be more spots eventually for the CPL to get into the Champions Cup? And I, I definitely don't see that kind of changing anytime no, soon. Just considering, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see... Um, I think three um, just basically works. But um, but when I, see the, when I see the CONCACAF Champions Cup announcing that there's going to be spots for the League's Cup, I kind of said that this is this is going to be all about Liga MX and Major League Soccer. That's basically it. Yeah, it's, it, it is unfortunate that it's like that, but it, it will have to be because those are the money makers, right? But if the CPL continues to work its way up, then it can be in that in that situation. And also, I feel like that it it, it does um, basically underrate um, the other leagues that that don't get a, another chance as you and notice that you have the central american cup and the caribbean mm-hmm. and you just you have to win those spots to actually make it to the concacaf champions cup and even for the central american cup and i do th- i do think that the system for the concacaf champions cup is just not the right system at this yeah. point of the year, I think that um, at, right now the president for Concacaf, um, right now in the future, has to reflect on this system and have have more um, 
and have a better system for all the leagues to come in. I mean, yeah, just one thing that kind of bugs me is that MLS has six spots and all of Central America, like Honduras, Costa Rica, Panama, that whole region has six. So MLS has has the same amount as an entire region. And that just personally, that kind of, is that I I don't think that's right. That just kind of bugs me because there's some very good teams in Central America. Yeah, and yeah, and lots of uh, lots of people from uh, that are Costa Rican also don't like the system. Also, there's a lot of Central American teams that also don't like the system, and it, it's always going to be uh, a prediction of how how the how the Concacaf Champions Cup is going to be like. I know lots of people are going to predict. Maybe Inter Miami is going to win that Concacaf Champions Cup, but w- what is your prediction for twenty twenty four about the Champions Cup? Or like basically, like basically all the all the cha- all the competitions. But so what? You, so what do you think about Concacaf Champions Cup? Who do you think is going to win? I mean, I I really do hate to see it, say it, but it it's so hard to overlook Inter Miami and just the talent on that team. Although, you know. There are some really great uh, teams. Mexican teams, um, and I think there's on the the left hand side of the bracket, which doesn't have Miami. Uh, it's a bit more open, and I think we could maybe see a shock on that side uh, of the bracket just because it is it is a little bit weaker. So maybe we have a surprise team in the final. Uh, but it's for Miami. I just I think it is it has to be their year really because they are just so unbelievably good that we just haven't ever seen before. Yeah, um, and, like, I, I do see um, Inter-Miami being in the finals, but it, you have Club America also to watch. You have even Ch- uh, uh, Chivas also, uh, a team that basically has signed good players. So, as noticed, Chivas also has noticed in 2018 beat it TFC that was one of the biggest surprises that went to PKs um I do see um Liga MX team actually making to the finals um against Inter Miami but it does question who's going to win that finals but lots of people are going to say and maybe Inter Miami might be the team that wins the CONCACAF Champions Cup for this uh, upcoming this year yeah I, I think they'll win that, but I would still have my questions about if they're going to win MLS. I could I could definitely see Champions Cup, but MLS, I feel, is just going to do its thing and somehow they uh, go out like the first round of the playoffs to a team. But Yeah, it's gonna, it would be a shocker if Inter-Miami does not um, basically win the round. In the It'd be shocking if... It'd be shocking if Inter Miami didn't win every single trophy available, uh, but that's just the standard that they're setting with these signings. Yeah, and so we could even the Canadian Premier League, um, the upcoming season. Um, who do you think that might actually win? Win the? What is your prediction for the Canadian Premier League? Well, I mean. The thing is that we we come back to the the drawing board every season with this, and we always you always you naturally look at cavalry and forge, and I think cavalry has a big chance. They, I think they're in a really good position right now. Forge not as much. They they still need to do more um, with consider just to consider you know another striker. I think has to be on their wish list uh, just because. I feel as though maybe Jordan Hamilton and uh, Taron Campbell aren't enough on their own. I think Pasillas, you know, they need a guy like Pasillas in that rotation. So Cavalry, I feel like it, it could be the year where where they do the double, and they were so close last year. But I feel like this year they are kind of they are getting better. Uh, I think you probably look at them as the regular season champions again, just because. They've proven time and time again that is where they are best. And as for the playoffs, I feel like with a couple good signings and patch up the players they lost, I think Halifax is 
would be a really good team in knockout football. I, after the experience that they had last year, I think that was that was crucial, a crucial learning uh, point for them. And maybe it's it's their year to uh, to do something in the playoffs instead of Forge. Yeah. So I'm going to actually give a shout out to Dan Clark on who he, he predicts on on who's going to how the upcoming season is going to be like. He he thinks that Vancouver Whitecaps would be the Canadian Championship um, winners and uh, to repeat it. Um, also, he he also thinks that um, Halifax Wanderers will be the regular season champs and he thinks that the he thinks forge fc would win the playoffs that is yeah. also yeah. something that that's also um that uh he's gonna pre- he predicts but i would say this about about this um you, you didn't mention about the canadian championship who would who would um actually win this one who would your prediction of the canadian championship yeah, uh, I mean, again, it's it it always does look like the Whitecaps. Although, you know, I I like to say this every year because I know eventually I'll be right. But I, I feel like a CPL team can can break through this year because I feel like the league really has gotten so much better than last year. Um, and when I say last year, I mean twenty twenty two. I think twenty twenty three was. Light years is better than 2022, and 2024 will be even better than 2023. It's just that that process of growth that's we're seeing right before our eyes in the CPL. Whitecaps will be a tough out, but Montreal and Toronto, looking at them, I I think, obviously it depends on the draw. The draw decides everything, really, but uh, Montreal and Toronto, looking at them, they're you know not necessarily in a position to be to be winning this trophy all the time like they used to. Um, but who am I picking as my pred- uh, predictions at this point is I th- like you're having Calvary FC and Forge FC playing in the CONCACAF Champions Cup and mm-hmm. as noticed that Forge FC played in the CONCACAF League um, they've when they played in the CONCACAF League they did not they didn't win um, against in the finals against Pacific FC and that was it's one of the bummers that i think that we usually see um see teams that uh, play in the CONCACAF champions cup they most likely do not perform really well during the regular season but i would say uh we see uh new teams winning uh champions uh actually winning a champions but i see calvary fc and forge actually winning uh a champion but but i do see york united still being in the in the playoffs yeah of course definitely the sense of what we've seen right now but it does question a lot how of pacific fc i don't see pacific fc in the playoffs it's my it's my shocker of Right now, I don't see see them in the playoffs of in this in this upcoming season. Yeah, well, you know, I can I can see why you would say that. I think it's uh, you know it is it's fair to say that they're weaker than years past, and I I just think you know Aparicio is you you can literally like look in in the last two years when Aparicio plays, they're a lot better than when he's not. So if they don't have him, obviously we don't we don't know that they don't have him, but it just definitely kind of seems like everything's aligning for Pacific to have a down season. It's going to require uh, a lot of James Merman and his staff. Yeah. So I do see most likely uh, at this point, but I do see maybe Halifax Wanderers Maybe I, I I might agree with this, but it, it does side with maybe Halifax Wanderers could be the number two team. Maybe, yeah. And it does see it does see me maybe York United being third place and Athletic Wadwa being the fourth place team, and 
right and sooner or later we're gonna see maybe the last two teams sliding into the playoffs um and it, it just questions who it is is valor fc or vancouver it, it just questions if valor fc makes a big signing at that point that squeezed them in or they might be in six spots at this point or maybe seven spots it, it, it does question if vancouver fc does not impress of this of the offseason of transfer market they might come in last place in this uh, upcoming season but regular season wise i think calvary fc might do it but it, it does it does question i think there might be a double win i think there might be a double win mm. for for this um upcoming season it could be calvary fc i think it might be yeah yeah i think you know once again they have a they have a roster that is definitely capable of it um if they can erase all their postseason demons it it would be quite the year to do it and a guy like Gutierrez again I mean that like that is so so big for them and I think they're they're probably they still have another signing I would definitely bet that they have another signing coming yeah it, it, they would just basically have to sign maybe a goal uh, second goalie and maybe uh, players from the front I do see uh, a great uh, a uh, strong roster for Calvary FC, most likely to repeat a a, cha- uh, a regular season champ, or finally getting redemption in winning a uh, uh, CPL Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, and I, I now I just think about the Canadian Championship. I am sh- I do am sh- I am actually shocked of the teams from league one canada i I am really shocked about how league one canada is that uh, you have cs saint laurent you have victoria highlanders and you also have um simcoe valley rovers you hold you have those three teams and i think that this canadian championship is going to be really competitive and we might see some upsets yeah, uh, yeah, Simcoe is actually a very good shout. Simcoe was really good in League One last year. They've got some some great players. So in the Canadian Championship, you know, I'm telling you, after seeing TSS beat Valor last year, I think Simcoe might be the next team to kind of do something like that. So I would not want to run into them, especially in the first round. Yeah, um, but it, I just think that if Victoria Highland, if Victoria Highlanders, or or you would see most likely if Atletico Ottawa screws with screws up with any League One Ontario teams or or, or League One Canada team, it is going to be a shock of a shocker and a, a a low light for for those teams. But as noticed, Halifax Wanderers. They were versing Von Azuri. They almost lost to them. And even, for example, York United, they almost lost to AS Laval. That's also that's also one that um, we, we've actually witnessed of in the Canadian uh, Championship, like in 2019. And right now I'm seeing the Canadian Championship is showing its true... Uh, uh, true heart of all these teams in the third third tier league is more is getting more competitive yeah yeah i i think you know tss winning last year that was something that was kind of happening for a long time that was uh it was it definitely you know it was a process and it took a while but it's so much more feasible to see league one teams actually be able to make one or even two upsets after TSS was able to do it. Yeah. Um, so, St. Laurent um, and Rovers and Highlanders, like, who you think, who you think what team um, uh, you, you think that should not touch them? 
Um, well, I I think that in a one game situation, uh, Simcoe County could beat most teams, and I I think looking at the way that York starts seasons, because th- like that's been their Achilles heel at the start of the season, they're pretty slow uh, compared to the end of the year, and I think if they had to uh, go to Barry. Um, it would, they would have to, uh, they would have to definitely, you, you can't underestimate Simcoe. Yeah. So not, not just that, uh, St. Laurent is also one of them that has really improved as being a young team in, yeah. in League One Quebec. Yeah. St. Laurent's, uh, St. Laurent's an interesting one. Typically we don't see the Quebec the league uh, Quebec teams do as well as the BC or Ontario teams. And I mean, look at Vaughn at Surrey who put up a pretty good fight against CF Montreal last year. Um, but uh, it, it, it could, it, I, I could see it happen because, you know, as you say, they do have talent. They do have a lot of talent. Yeah. And I know, and, and that's a question for even, I know Victoria Highlanders, we, we've seen how BC, actually beat at Valor FC. Do you, th- like, if Valor FC is versing Victoria Highlanders, do you, it, it is a question mark that, like, this is going to be upsetting. Like, I... Is it going to happen again? If it's going to yeah. happen, yeah. That is also, that's going to be the question mark if it's going to happen again. It's, like, we've seen the real shocker of what happened with TSS Rovers, but it, it does question... Uh, Victoria Highlanders does it does it have that competition do, do they have that have competitiveness to actually versus to actually beat a team of that caliber yeah I mean look if, if TSS was able to do it they I mean last year they were probably maybe maybe a bit better than Highlanders are right now but I could you know I could I could 100% see that happen uh, again I Definitely wouldn't wish on Valor because that would be really painful if it starts to become a tradition where they lose to League One BC teams like every year. Um, but you know, Highlanders, Highlanders is good, and we have to remember um, they were uh, League One BC regular season champs. And the reason why it wasn't the playoff champs was because it was the Vancouver Whitecaps Academy who won the playoffs. So obviously, you can't have the Whitecaps Academy in the Canadian Championship with the possibility that they face the, you know, actual white caps. Yeah. And we, we hope, um, seeing, uh, we hope that how the draw comes in and in the, a few, uh, in basically, I think in, in days, because last time they drawn was January in January of the mid of January. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, it just questions when they're going to announce the, the actual draw. And that's, and that's all, and that's full time for the Red League part. I'm your host, Jacob, subbing out.